0: Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. So, yeah, guys, uh, here I am again. Brilliant opportunity, so blessed. Um, Thanks to Steve and Jan. It's always a privilege uh, and a blessing to be able to to preach the word Um, yeah this morning uh, the message I have for you is Jesus Christ the first and the last and you'll find out a bit later why I named this message that and I better get on with it because I've only got 20 minutes because we want to leave time for some ministry afterwards we just know that Jesus wants to touch people and uh, set people free. And the Holy Spirit wants to pour himself out on people. Jesus loves us so much. That's what he loves doing. So, yeah, last weekend, uh, Christians all over the world rejoiced and celebrated the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The reason why this is a day to rejoice and celebrate is because through the cross... Jesus has defeated every single enemy on our behalf, past, present, and future. And the way that he actually accomplished this is more than spectacular and truly astounding. So today I'd like to explain more fully why Jesus and the cross of Christ is more than sufficient to achieve every victory, to satisfy every single need, to fulfill every dream and every heart desire that we could ever have. Our faith today that we would come to a greater understanding of the perfect love of God for us. That we would tangibly experience his perfect love today. And that we, we would embrace the true liberty and freedom that Jesus has offered. And paid such a high price for us. That we would embrace these In our lives through a clear understanding of the absolute, total, complete and perfect victory that Christ has won for us in every area through the cross. So we're going to be spending most of our time this morning in the book of Colossians. I love Colossians because the theme is the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. That we are saved by grace and not by observing any outward man-made regulations or rules, or rituals, and that salvation comes only through the cross, plus nothing, minus nothing, just the cross. The fact that God sent Jesus to come and save us is an absolute demonstration of the amazing love of our heavenly dad. From the moment that we're saved, we immediately enter into victory through the power of the cross by which Jesus overcame and defeated every enemy. So this morning I'd like to just discuss the five major enemies uh, that Jesus has defeated on our behalf through the cross. Uh, So Ethan if you could just put start putting that up please Uh, maybe the first one. So I've identified five major enemies. Okay. The first enemy is the enemy above. And that is the law of Moses, so if you open your book at Colossians, we're going to probably stick there most of this morning. So Colossians two thirteen to fifteen, it says, "When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross." And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's beautiful. I love it. So when we were dead in our sins, the law was there to reveal our guilt before God. Before we were saved, we were under the law and judged by the law. When we are saved, Jesus removes the law completely from our lives. There are only two ways that we can get to heaven. Either we are perfect and we are able to obey everything written in the law of Moses and not sin, sin once in our entire lives uh, and be perfect like Jesus, or the other alternative, and that's impossible because we're born with original sin. So we we doomed on that one from, from the very beginning. And so the only other really viable alternative uh, and wonderful Option that God has provided through the cross is to give our lives to Jesus, to accept Him as our Lord and Savior and to be born again through the power of the Holy Spirit. God gave us the law not because He thought for one minute that we were able to keep it, but rather so that we could look into it as in a mirror and know that we have failed. Acknowledge that we desperately need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, he fulfilled the law perfectly for us. Then, when he died for us, he took that law and he nailed it to the cross. And so we are saved by grace and grace alone. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free indeed from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 verse 14. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6. I now live by grace, which is God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. The only thing that I can do to receive God's grace is to believe that it is freely given. cannot be earned. So the enemy that was above me, the law, that stopped me from having an intimate, ongoing, loving relationship with my Father, has been destroyed. And I can now have an amazing, personal, ongoing, unhindered relationship with God the Father, with God the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you with me? I love the Gospel. It's so beautiful. The next enemy is the enemy around us, the world. Colossians 2 verse 20 to 22. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. These rules which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. But the optics of scripture is having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And so, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of the world, why as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are destined to perish with use, because they are based on human commands and teaching. So if we are born again, we have died to the principles of this world in Christ. So the world no longer has a hold on us as the enemy around us has been defeated. We don't have to worry that we're going to wake up one morning suddenly backslidden because we are dead to this world. When we go into this world, on the other hand, the world is desperately seeking what we already have but they're frantically looking everywhere but to the power of the cross. The world desperately wants what we have, but we're mostly oblivious to their heart cry as we go about our daily lives. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 verse 4. As born-again believers, we are in this world to impact it with the gospel. The thief has come only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. John ten ten, Where there is death, we bring life. Where there is theft, robbery and injustice, we freely give of what we have because freely we have received. Where there is destruction in people's lives, we rebuild the ruins. We are the restorers of the streets with dwellings. And this is how we enforce the victory that Jesus has won over the world. We aren't here to be victims of this world. We aren't running and hiding from the world. We aren't afraid because Jesus has overcome the world for us. And when we go into the world and focus on being used by God, we positively impact people of the world with the power of the coming kingdom. Wherever we go, in this world, we shine for Jesus like stars in the universe, bringing life wherever we go. We point humanity to Jesus Christ. For God, He said, let light shine out of darkness. And the word came uh, earlier about, from Bill about the light shining out of darkness. He made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this hidden treasure in jars of clay, to show the glory and the power is from God and not from us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16, verse 33. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, of your minds. Romans 12 verse 2. The cross has defeated the enemy around us, the world, once and for all time. Amen. But guys, can you just put the third one up there? Just going to grab some water. The enemy behind us is our past. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. The cross has defeated my past. The enemy behind me is defeated once and for all. From the moment I put my faith in Jesus, I was set free from my past, irrespective of what I had done. What we have been saved into is so far greater than what we've been saved from. I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Isaiah forty three twenty five. One thing that you can do that God cannot is remember your sins. We are a futuristic people and our tomorrow are always so far greater and more glorious. Than our yesterday. But the enemy always wants to drag up our past to stop us from moving into our glorious future with our dad. We can't let him do that. As believers, we have to know that we know once and for all that our past has been totally and completely obliterated. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed. Your transgressions from you. Psalm 103, verse 12. Once and for all, the enemy behind us has been defeated. Our enemy behind us needs to remain an enemy behind us. Amen. Let's go for the next one the enemy within. The flesh. Colossians 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. So Paul points out that the putting off of the sinful nature is impossible to achieve through external traditions only, and only through the finished work of the cross which we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 2 verse 20. The cross of Christ has overcome the flesh, our old self. Our sinful nature was put to death, crucified with Christ. It no longer controls us. When we were unsaved, we were slaves to sin. A slave is work for no pay. But now that we are saved, we are saved to righteousness. Permanent right standing and right relationship with God. For he who knew no sin became sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. Now we are free to live our lives by faith. Now we are free with a new nature. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are free. We are free indeed. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8 verse 14. The enemy within us, the flesh, is totally and completely defeated through the cross of Christ. Shall we go to number five, guys? Thanks. Everybody with me? Are we good? Am I doing okay? Okay, the enemy beneath us. I've split this up into two parts. Um, The devil is the part A, and part B is death and hell. So let's just deal with part A first. And so, um, and having to storm the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You know, that reminds me that, you know, in Roman times, it used to be common to see the various legions marching through Rome, and um, to impress the people, they'd lead thousands of captives behind in their train, disheveled, unclothed, and really, really a sorry sight. Um, The people would shout and cheer for their army, but were very, very nasty to the captives. And that is the picture that I have of Jesus having to storm the powers and authorities and making a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The devil and all his demons have been conquered by the cross of Christ. The enemy beneath us is a truly defeated foe. Sometimes as Christians, we pay far too much attention to the devil and blame him for everything that goes wrong in our lives. When we go through difficulties, it's certainly not always the devil. More often than not, we will find that we got ourselves there. And God doesn't always remove the obstacles and the difficulties and the hardships. As he wants to rather teach and train and equip us to be overcomers in Christ, so that when we grow, so we can grow and mature and strengthen in our faith in him. We learn to trust God. We trust him because he is faithful and he is trustworthy. God is more interested in our character than our comfort. And for us, it's the other way around. We're more interested in our comfort than our character most of the time. Quite human and normal, I suppose. But the devil is a defeated foe. He does not have the authority unless we freely give it to him. Thank God that we don't have to personally fight the devil. Because on our own, we would lose every time. But as believers, we walk in the reality of the victories that Jesus has already achieved on our behalf. We resist the devil in the name of Jesus. And he must flee every single time. God really loves seeing us defeat his enemies. I think he takes great joy in that. And we use all the power and the mighty spiritual weapons which are constantly at our disposal. We can read about that in Ephesians 6. And lastly, but most importantly today, we celebrate Jesus' victory for us over death and hell. Can we go to um, yeah, Revelations 1? Verse 17 to 19. Um, Number five, guys. Okay. I don't know where that comes from. I'm going to read it from here. Revelations verse 1, verse 17 to 19. It says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. I love that scripture. It's so amazing. Do not be afraid. Didn't somebody bring a word this morning about not being afraid or being bold? It's amazing that when whenever we think of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we immediately think of the empty tomb of the stone rolled away and the, empty, and the grave clothes rolled up and neatly there. Um, and whilst the resurrection of Jesus' physical body is truly amazing and crucial to our faith in many aspects, there were many people that were actually physically raised from the dead before Jesus was raised physically from the dead. Uh, Lazarus, Jairus' daughter, many others to mention it. That doesn't diminish Jesus' physical resurrection. But I want to highlight today the spiritual resurrection. The fact that Jesus, according to the Apostles' Creed, He went to the place of the dead. He went to hell. And He was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit from the pits of hell. That is actually the greatest act of power ever. And we see that Jesus, in the scripture, the firstborn of the new creation, died and went to hell because he took all our sins, our curses and punishment upon himself on the cross. But God raised him back to life from the pit of hell. This is the greatest act of power. And we know that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from hell, from the dead, dwells also in us. This act will never have to be repeated as Jesus is the first and he is the last of the new creation to taste spiritual death and hell. Believers have passed through judgment and will never see hell. John 5 verse 24. Because when he died, we also died with him. We were in him when he went to hell and we were also made spiritually alive with him. And then God took us and seated us with Him at His right hand. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6 says this, But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, In Christ Jesus. Wow, wow, wow. Come on, please try and tell me that that is not so absolutely amazing. But because of his great love, his great love for us. The greatest enemies, death and hell, have been totally defeated. He's alive forevermore. Because he lives who we live. Because he's seated at the right hand of God. We are also seated at the right hand of God. He's alive forevermore. And he has the keys of death and hell. I trust that we now have a better understanding of how complete and astounding, just in a small way, without going into detail, the finished work of the cross really is, That Jesus comprehensively defeated every single enemy for us so that we could walk in these victories in confidence and total freedom without any fear. The scripture starts, it says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And also that we know how much we are loved by God who gave up his only son. For us, the heart and the depth of Jesus' love for us are clearly conveyed in his commitment and sacrifice to us. He laid aside His majesty for us. He left the highest place. He suffered and died for us. Then he went to hell, the lowest place. If this does not adequately demonstrate the heart and the depth of his amazing. And perfect and wonderful love for us. Then friends, nothing, nothing ever will. When we leave here today, I trust that we remember one thing. That every single enemy has been defeated for us through the finished work of the cross. That he will forever, we will forever remember... Jesus' words to us. Do not be afraid. I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the living one. I was dead. But behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of death and hell. That pretty much sums up my my preach for this morning. And I'd just like to now move into a time of ministry. I believe that Jesus wants to demonstrate this perfect, powerful, wonderful, amazing love and commitment to us this morning through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. And His earnest desire, and He loves nothing more than to keep us whole and to keep us free, he who the sun sets free is totally free. He who the sun sets free is free, indeed. And so, yeah, I just had a picture which I want to share with you this morning before we go into some ministry, guys. Can you put that picture up of that of those trolley buses? I don't know how many of you remember. Um, these old trolley buses, eh, when we were kids, and uh, you see those two antenna going up there, and then there's two power cables that they connect to, and the power flows, and the trolley bus off it goes with the people in there. And I just felt this morning that God showed me that those two antenna, the one is our faith in Jesus, faith. To know that He will meet our every need, that His perfect love is one is, is He's wanting to demonstrate that perfect love this morning through an encounter. He wants to touch you. He wants to do so many things that I, I feel. I'm going to talk about just now, but so the one is our faith, and the other one is our expectation. And with our faith and our expectation, we reach out, and I felt those two cables going across the top there, that the one was His power, and the other cable was His love. And um, so this morning, I I just felt it would be good, I had in my heart that we'd, we'd have a bit of a prayer tunnel here this morning. I've spoken to some of the guys who I feel uh, that I know who've got love and and compassion for people. So won't you come out here, please, while I'm just um, continuing here, Uh, I felt, while these people come out, I just felt there were some things specifically that God wants to to do this morning for us. Um, I felt that there were Things that Jesus wanted to set us free from. So I just felt that last week, I don't know if you remember, we were speaking about addictions. And I feel that God wants to deal, not, we're not finished with addictions. I felt there were many people who are battling with addictions and a lack of self-control. And I felt that was the primary thing that Jesus wanted to, to deal with today. I um, also felt that a number of people were being held by, back by regrets, um, often reminded of your past, the enemy bringing stuff in front of you that should remain behind there. And somehow that, that past, your regrets, holding you back from moving into the things that God has planned for you. And Jesus just to cut, wants to cut that past this morning, just to keep it forever forever. Behind you. I felt there were people that. Where there's a fear of death. uh, Not exactly sure of where you're going. when, When you die. I felt for some. There's also a fear of evil. Fear of the devil. Of the powers of darkness. I felt also People that battle to receive forgiveness. Easily from God. They battle to allow God to forgive them. They're always holding stuff against themselves. And then I felt, yeah, just opening up prayer for healing and for anything else. And then for those who um, just want to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit, um, it's always good and it's wonderful. So be free. And then finally, if you don't know Jesus um, at all and you want to experience His love and His power, this is a good time. Come and experience His love and His power. And if you come through and you feel you want to come through again and you haven't had enough, you're welcome. God's not going anywhere. And I want to say the anointed one is right here, Jesus. Right here, right now. And someone brought a a word about the love of God. And He's passionately focused on us. And He's preoccupied with us. I think it was that lady over there. And I just felt that this morning. God is preoccupied with us this morning. His face is turned towards us. He is totally preoccupied with us. All he has on his heart is an encounter with you this morning of the first kind. Thanks, Terry. It's a really good word. If you were listening to hear what's happened to your enemies, can we stand up together?